We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, you know, I don't know. I, I want to look at the replay. You know, I know like they were tangled up and there's there was a lot going on prior to that. You know, so like that's sometimes that ends up being a byproduct of all the other stuff, you know. And so, and like I said, I don't have a problem with, you know, how a game's being called as long as there's a consistency to it. So if we're calling it tight, call it tight. If we're, call, if we're calling it loose, call it loose. But just make sure it's the same for both teams, you know. And that's 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 probably the biggest thing, you know. So, but you know, I'm, I don't want to put it on them. You know, I thought we played really well in the first half, and I thought for the, for the most part played well in the third quarter. I didn't like the way we started the fourth, and right now our margin of error is small. So we we got to play with great intensity throughout. We can't, and you know we got to understand that the intensity of the fourth quarter is different. So be ready to handle that. Dom Cappuccini back again. Dom, thanks so much, man. You're, you're really holding us down. I, I can say on on behalf of DJ, we really appreciate it. And and this has been a great post game so far. So thanks so much, Dom. Um, I am all for PG 13 or the claw to come here and pair up with JB and JR. I can't wish for enough next level, Dom. I mean, <laughs> I, I I don't see the 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 mix between uh, Kawhi and Tibbs really necessarily working that yeah. well. Um, too much of a clash of philosophies, perhaps. Um, mm-hmm. As far as a player, I just I couldn't be higher on Kawhi. I think the guy is just when he's healthy and he's locked in. I, I there's maybe four players better than him in the NBA, like consistently. Maybe. Yeah, at his best. Yeah, you're yeah. probably right. Yeah, I mean, he had that. It was that. Um, he basically. The way he went toe to toe with Luca a couple of years ago, I think it was the bubble uh, mm-hmm. uh, playoffs where he was the, just the best player on the court, and he still has that in him. Yeah, he still yeah. has it in him. And I don't. Yeah, obviously, you know, having the assets to get two stars is probably not in the cards. But the Knicks do do need another guy. It might not be the the time or the place to investigate that fully, but this team obviously has a lower ceiling than you want in terms of championship aspirations. So figuring out how to get that one, a superstar uh, is something I know the organization is trying to process and figure out. And I, and I, I, I totally agree. And I, I think that on the Paul George thing, mm-hmm. a lot of people don't, I've heard a lot of people not feel like Paul George is enough of that one, a guy 
Um, I think Paul George with JB and Randall, I think that could work for a title contender, depending on what the other parts are around them. Um, I don't think they're going to be a favorite or anything like that, but I think Paul George is really, really good. And I think he's become underrated. Um, I, I don't remember what season it was, maybe a couple years back. Paul George was playing at like an MVP level. And then I think he got hurt or something. I think it was but, that Oklahoma, the second Oklahoma city year. Yeah. Where I he think was, he, yeah, he was awesome. Dominant, dominant. And his defense was excellent as well. So, uh, you know, not that he's going to play on that at, at that peak Paul George level, but I think he still has several really high level years ahead of him. And I think, you know, I, I like this team, this Knicks team being like a strength being the fact that they have so many guys. They're so deep, you know, three through nine. Um, I would argue the deepest team in the NBA three through nine with how Hardenstein has been playing and how we know Obi Toppin can play, um, you know, a little bit of concern in the fact that Paul George is 32, Kawhi is 31 with a ton of miles on his body. So, you know, I, I don't think it's a shoe in, but yeah, just philosophically for on a basketball sense, I think those guys getting it, the fact that we know they can get into the paint and kind of get any any shot they want within the short mid range plays right into the Knicks philosophy. So those guys would work really great. Yeah. And we talked about how just needing a wing that could uh, obviously be a defensive yes. impact on the other end, but also... Yes. You know, Brunson's size is a limiting factor at times on the offensive end, but, you know, not to say that, you know, th this is not a criticism of him. It's just the, the, the reality of things. The thing the Knicks need the most is a wing of, you know, wing size guy, like six, seven plus that could do things on both ends of the court. It's the ultimate piece, but also the most valuable piece in the league. So getting it is obviously the challenge. It's going to cost you. <laughs> yeah, it's going to cost you a lot. Mm -hmm. Appreciate it, Dom. Thanks so much again. MDM again. Thank you again for the generous contribution on the cam comments. I agree with you guys, but as a fan, I feel like Randall is not held accountable at times. Yes, he's been great, but what do you think happens behind closed doors? Interesting uh, because this has gone really, this really became to a head last year where it seemed like Randall wasn't being held accountable, even though he clearly he wasn't giving uh, proper effort on the defensive end. His yep. shot, shot selection was at times embarrassingly bad. To his credit, he's completely flipped the switch on that in terms of uh, the shots he's taking for the most part. But I think as a head coach, and this is where I think Tibbs gets properly criticized, but also I think this is something that I think we aren't as fans on the outside looking in or as analysts and trying and seeing this from afar, aren't giving him enough credit for it because I think Randall is a and I'm trying to uh, put my words correctly. I think he's just a, a challenging star to manage in the sense that he is, the, the Knicks are requiring a lot from him. We've talked about how mentally, especially when Brunson isn't around, things can be get really hairy for him. So I think if you are the head coach, you may worry, yes, if I treat Julius Randle like I'm going to treat Obi Toppin or I'm going to treat RJ Barrett at times, Will I lose him? And he Thibodeau knows that if he loses Julius Randle, that season is he just he can't season. win. You can't yeah. lose the season. So yeah. I think we have to look at it in the sense that Julius is so important to this team. And I think that there is some kid glove situation happening, but I don't know. And I don't I honestly I don't know because I don't know the answer to this. I don't know if Tibbs has another option here because I, th I think if he goes and he treats Randall like he does every other player on the team, and I, point. Yeah. I don't know if that's going to work out into his favor, to be honest. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I was just going to say, dude, that's such a good point. And, and it's funny because, um, 
I think I, I kind of both agree with you and with Hamdi. I, I, I waver on it. I think that you made incredible points. Um, you recently had a, a podcast with your introduction to KFS, which was excellent. I listened to the whole thing. The, the analysis was was everything I would expect from you. Um, and I loved it. Uh, on my uh, introduction to KFS podcast, something that Macri and I talked about were like, was like, what do those film sessions look like when Julius Randle is like not closing out on the three, you know, guys that are wide open from three or just like giving really poor defensive effort. Like what do those film sessions look like? Is like, what are they saying to him? Like the, the, the film has to come up right. and, and, and what, what is, what do they say? Do they say, uh, yeah. Do, do they look the other way? They say, Hey Julius, like, you know, we know you, you we know you'll get it next time. Right. Like, I, I don't know what they say, but you know, his effort has improved tremendously more recently um, in lockstep with his performance on the offensive end has been excellent all season. His defensive effort and performance was not great and has come along of late Mm -hmm. besides these last three games when I think he's been, he's just been tired more tired. And and so it's really hard to say it's hard to hold him accountable for fatigue when, you know, the coach is like, yeah, we want you out there for 36 minutes. He's like, I want to be out there. So Mm -hmm. he almost has to get some grace for that. And then the factor that you mentioned, DJ, of like, you can only be so hard on a guy who has, you know, some shaky mental and and there's nothing to be ashamed of about that. He's been open about it, right? He's been open about that. And so, and and it totally makes sense to say, Hey, we got to treat him a little bit differently because we can't lose him. He's too important to the team. He's just too important. You just can't do it. And, and you know, they're, they're asking a lot of him. So you can look at it in the sense that if you're Quentin Grimes, as an example, yeah, he's asked to guard at, for uh, the most part, the best offensive player on the other team, but you know, the load that he has to carry on a, just a, a physical level is just yeah. different than Julius. It is. Yeah. So I can, I would think that players like Grimes and uh, quickly and some of these guys intellectually understand that. Julius is so important to this team. I think they have, obviously they want to win games and they, they probably know and have accepted the fact that as long as he's playing well, then it's okay. Now the question is if Julius isn't playing well, then the, the whispers start, I'm sure start to creep up a little bit and then things can get a little, which was last year, basically. So that that's where it can get a little dicey. But right now, you know, with uh, these games, last few games aside, Julius has had a really good year. So I don't necessarily think uh, Tibbs is handling him in a way that is detrimental to the overall ecosystem of this roster. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree with that. And and thanks so much, Hamdi, for the comment. I think it's, I think it's a tough balance and I think mm-hmm. they definitely have to find a balance. I don't think it's just let Julius do whatever he wants at all. Um, I think he has to be held accountable, but I think it's also to balance it with his mental and some of the things we talked about. So appreciate it, Hamdi. Thanks so much for all the, the generous contributions. Hamdi again, speaking of the guy, uh, I know it's the past, but that Hornets game, DJ, <laughs> do you want to take that DJ? I mean, I, when I talked with Macri about it, uh, you know, it wasn't necessarily an X's and O's thing. It was more that going on to this four game swing. Uh, all right. So first of all, when I was watching the game, I kept thinking, oh, wow, I think Tibbs is going to love this. They're going to sneak out a win and he's going to have all this amazing footage and game t- <laughs> tape to really hammer the team on and like you use it as terrible. <laughs> right. You got then, dub. <laughs> right. That's right. And then they end up losing the game. And then I'm like, all right, you know, they're, they're due for a, a, a rough one. And then the next day I'm like, but it would have been amazing to bank that win before this four game swing, which I Absolutely. had thought there, there, there's going to be some uh, uh, challenges. So yeah, the, the Hornets game was a tough one. And it, it, again, you give him a pass 
coming off the Boston game, but a game you just wanted to get in the win column before this uh, win streak. And it's clear, look, just looking at the standings that things are bunched up and they're going to continue to be bunched up. So you need as many of these wins as you can get and um, just hope that they can come out tomorrow, put a good, good effort out, get a win. And then I think I, I have good confidence against uh, I think they match up pretty well against the, the Blazers uh, to wrap up the the swing. So yeah, looking forward uh, think, to this game tomorrow for sure. I had the same exact takeaway as you, DJ. It was almost like that. I know we won that tight Miami game, a tight Celtics game. And it's like, most likely you're going to lose one of those games in, in, in most cases, but they got away with both. So it's almost like, eh, they could afford to drop this Hornets game, but it's like, no, we kind of needed that to get where we want to get, like yeah. to really lock up a, a playoff spot and, and, and avoid the play in. And even, you know, really with the eye on the fifth seed, because I would so much rather play Cleveland than Philly, honestly, like in, in, in the first round of the playoffs. So I, I think that that was a big, big loss. And I think we might end up looking back at that later in the season as, as being like a really, really substantial loss because this, the, you know, with, with the, the West coast swing, I think the other game that's going to be like that is the Portland game. And, and I'm really looking forward to them trying to keep Dame in check to, to kind of get, get a dub there. But um, yeah, great, great point. Hamdi. Thanks so much again. Thank you again. Yes. So generous. Ham DM again. I, mean, <laughs> I appreciate you. Thank you. RJ is not fat. He's chubby. <laughs> listen, I'm not, it, we're not fat shaming RJ. It, listen, Jared is probably in the 99.9% centile yeah. in terms of body fat for the yes. average human in this world. So yeah. believe me, I'm not in any position as to, to fat shame RJ Barrett. <laughs> believe me. I'm going to, <laughs> I'm not you going ever, there. There's, I, I feel like so many NBA players are like, you look at them and you're like, man, that guy's kind of big. Like he's got like, even like Jokic is a guy like that. Or even like Zach Randolph in his prime. It's like, right. man, that guy's big. But then when you see them like in person, if you go to a game live and you like, you're like, that guy is ripped. Like yeah. what? I mean, even Zion, like, I, I don't know. I, these guys are all in uh, tremendous shape, but I get what you're saying, Hamdi. It's like, you know, maybe he needs to slim down. He just needs to get quicker. I think the point is he needs to get quicker. However, yeah. he needs to do that through flexibility, through losing weight, through losing muscle mass. Maybe he's too bulky. He's just getting, you know, lifting too many weights. Um, he needs to get quicker. And that's kind of the, the underscoring the point. Yeah. And just to wrap that up, I, th I don't think RJ uses or leverages his strength as mm. much as I would hope. Great point. So the question is, all right, you're, you've built your body to be able to be a power driver, but are you really leveraging that on a consistent basis? Cause if mm -hmm. you're not, cause I watch like Jimmy Butler play and he is always dipping his shoulder and he's putting a hole into your chest Absolutely. time after time again. And I'm not expecting RJ to be Jimmy Butler, but I'm saying if you're not going to be that guy, then maybe the question is, is slimming down, adding a little bit more explosiveness, the way to go. If you're not going to be a physical, put your shoulder into a guy and drive him out of the paint uh, driver, which he hasn't shown at least to this point that he is. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. And I think even a guy like Josh Hart is able to really leverage mm. his strength as much as possible. I mean, he's undersized Josh Hart. I, I would not guess just like watching them play on the court that Josh Hart is like shorter than RJ Barrett. Um, yeah, right. 
he just plays so big and so strong and aggressively. And he's in transition. Like that guy's a bowling ball. You just can't stop him. He's going to get to the rim. He finishes over guys. He doesn't have, I don't think he has the best burst or explosiveness or athleticism, but he also does a great job of leveraging his strength, his momentum. So there's ways you can get around it, no matter what your body composition is, or, you know, whether you're a stronger guy who's a little bit slower, whether you're a quick guy who's a little bit slimmer, there are ways you can compensate and like play to your strengths and mitigate your weaknesses with regard to body composition and athleticism. And I think RJ just needs to figure out what works for him and and be really consistent with it to, to, to your point, DJ. Yeah, I agree. And I think for the most part, he does a pretty decent job, but he just needs to enhance it a little bit. For over 30 years, the law offices of Weiss and Rosenblum in New York City has been home to a team of award-winning, hard-hitting injury attorneys who have a long track record of seven-figure results. Whether you've been injured in a car accident, fall, construction accident, or other traumatic event, Weiss and Rosenblum will work tirelessly to maximize the award, regardless of the severity of your injury, and get you and your family the fair and just compensation you deserve. Call Weiss and Rosenblum today at 212-366-6100. Again, that's 212-366-6100 or visit weissandrosenblum.com for more information. No case is too big or too small. Personal attention to your matter is a priority. Once more, call 212-366-6100. Previous results do not guarantee future outcomes. If you think you might have a case, speak with a veteran attorney, not a rookie. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, Knicks fans? Power up for springtime with Factor 
America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit. Get nutritious, chef-prepared meals delivered straight to your door, leaving you time and energy to tackle everything on your to-do list. Get Factor and not only skip the trip to the grocery store, but skip the chopping, prepping, and cleaning up too. Factor's fresh, never-frozen meals are ready in just two minutes, so all you have to do is heat and enjoy. No matter what your lifestyle, Factor has the meals to help you live it to the fullest with keto, calorie-smart, vegan veggie, and Protein Plus meals on the menu each week. Prepared by chefs and approved by dietitians, each meal has all the ingredients you need to feel satisfied all day long. With 34 chef-prepared, dietitian-approved weekly options, there's always something new to try. Plus, you can round out your meal and replenish your snack supply with an assortment of more than 36 quick bites, smoothies, juices, and more satisfying add-ons. Looking to cut back on takeout? Get Factor instead. Not only is Factor cheap, Cheaper, but meals are ready quicker than restaurant delivery. Just two minutes. Also, eating vegan or veggie is a snap with Factor. Each meal has all the ingredients you want and nothing you don't. And if you're looking to mix it up, you can add a protein to your vegan or veggie meals each week. Get Factor and enjoy clean eating without the hassle. Simply choose and enjoy fresh, flavor-packed meals delivered to your door. Don't hesitate. Head to factormeals.com slash filmschool50 and use the code filmschool50 to get 50% off your first box. Again, that's factormeals.com slash filmschool50 to get 50% off your first box. Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit. Robert W. Cross, Mr. Hashtag 53 wins himself. Uh, the prophet Robert Cross, Tibbs Randall lost this game. They enable each other. This is a very strong comment coming in at the end here. Um, <laughs> RJ and greater than Obi. I'm not sure what if I'm reading that right. Are the X factors for NYK in the playoffs. Hashtag RIP 53 wins. So sad to, to get that hashtag, but you know, there's always next year. Um, to your first first point, Tibbs and Randall lost this game. They enable each other. Um, I see what you're where you're coming from. I, I think, you know, I think Randall play like like DJ, you mentioned Obi actually only ended with like 13 minutes or something, yeah. which is kind of crazy to think about how well he's playing in the first half. Um, and the fact that Randall needed a breather, I think. So I think there is some culpability on Tibbs for just how much Randall played when a, he didn't have it B he needed a breather. C you had Obi Toppin who's playing really well. And that second unit was playing really well. Um, so I think there's something there, but at the same time, uh, you know, I, I think they would have lost this game regardless. I think that those two guys on the Clippers end are just so good. Um, and I think that the Knicks had a very small margin for error. I don't know that, things would have changed that much if Randall sat and have another like five extra minutes. Yeah, that's a good point. And I just, I think the calculus for Tibbs is like, all right, I have no Brunson. I need as many shot makers as possible. And I'm just, the, the, the game is, is if Julius makes shots, we're going to have a chance to win. If he misses them, we're going to uh, lose. And I just don't think that as well as Obi played, I don't know if he is the type of, I know he's not the type of shot maker. Mm-hmm. They would ultimately need to go toe to toe against, uh, PG and Kawhi, mm-hmm. like you mentioned. So it's a, just a tough decision. I would have liked to see Obi play a little bit more. So I, I agree. I think he played really well when he was out there, but it's a game where you needed Julius to just make a few more shots. Cause if he, you know, if he makes eight shots instead of five, you know, where's this team's got a fighting chance with like two minutes left. I mean, that's like where the margin was 
in uh, the, you know, before they got out of hand towards the end of the fourth quarter. So I think Tibbs, I, I don't, I can't kill him necessarily on that because without Brunson, you know, where are the shots coming from in the end? Yep. Yep. And, and I totally get that philosophy from uh, Tibbs at, at the same time, you know, I'm one of the guys who thinks that they could run a lot more of the, the type of offense that they were running with the second unit with Hardenstein helping to create with mm-hmm. running pick and rolls with quickly um, a lot of more movement, uh, a lot more kind of just, just ball movement and player movement. I think yeah. they can do it. Uh, I know they, they don't want to lean on that too much because they don't want to turn the ball over. They want to just focus on what their strengths are, getting to the rim, getting to the Florida range, getting offensive rebounds, uh, winning the possession battle. So I know they want to focus on their strengths. So I get the the balance. Um, I would have liked to see Obi play more than 13 minutes in a game where like probably his best game in the last you know month or two. Um, but at the same time, I think they probably would have would have would have lost this game anyway. Um, yeah, I and I think agree. I think we got a couple more. Uh, Justin, is that right? A couple more that just came in super chats. There we go. All right, David Crockett, thank you again uh, for supporting us here. Really appreciate that. And let me clarify on. Okay, so this is uh, in alluding to his previous uh, super chat. Let me clarify on RJ got too big. I meant yoked, so jacked big. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Show those guns, X Jack. <laughs> I don't got them, he, but <laughs> <laughs> he's jacked across the chest and shoulders. Lost too much flexibility to leverage strength. I mean. It's a, it's the key. There's a lot going on here in terms of, uh, things that might be out of my purview, but I think there's, I think it's fair. I think you can certainly get too big and we've seen guys, you know, get really big in the upper body and, 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 you know, you, where you gain in some areas, you're going to lose in some. Mm-hmm. So it makes sense that if you're going to try to get bigger, you're going to lose some quickness, some, and in the NBA, when things are you know, mar- everything is on the margins in terms of, you know, the edge you get in the space you're creating and your ability to finish that if you're just a little bit less explosive, it's a, it could be an issue. So I think there is probably something here, you know, I, I don't, I, I definitely think the flexibility is a problem. And if you're saying the flexibility is a product of being too big and too yoked, too jacked, <laughs> you know, whom, I think, I think it's fair. And I, and I don't, I think it's something RJ's probably good. He's going to have to figure this out in the off season, but yeah. mm-hmm. uh, something to be considered. Yeah. And just yeah. A, the, the, my quick note on that is uh, yeah, I know David, I, I didn't think that you were fat shaming RJ by any yeah. means. Um, I, I think that we've seen a few Knicks go this route, right? Like Mitch really bulked up that one season. Like we, I think it was last year. We saw that happen. Mm-hmm. Um, IQ, we we saw I saw a ton of like IQ workout videos in the summer. Like I, I saw so much IQ just like with a shirt off. I didn't expect yeah. that. But um yeah. we've seen guys go this route where they kind of get bigger. Some I think it helps some guys and it doesn't help other guys. And so maybe they have to to do it and figure out what works for them. So you know, well, I, for quickly, I, I think it's been a, a, a value add. Exactly. Yeah. You know, yeah. And I think he still needs a little bit more strength because as I mentioned, some of those power uh, big physical guards can give him a little bit of trouble. Exactly. Yep. But for RJ, yeah, it's, I think it's a fair, fair Fair to uh, question it, um, and we'll see how in this offseason what he's going to look like because if he finishes the season not necessarily playing the way that he feels, I know how he, he thinks uh, of himself. If he's not that guy, then there's certainly big questions that he needs to ask himself. Yep, totally agree. Thanks so much, David. Appreciate it. Hamdi M again, Hamdi, you're a, you're the MVP of this post game. That that's, that's for sure. Um, my wife is a therapist. Wow. Okay. Well, that's, that's great. I mean, 
I'm deep into psychology, so I like where this question is going already. Um, I'm so fascinated by the mental aspect of sports. Do you think NBA teams invest in mental health? This is like should be a podcast on its own, Hamdi. Um, I I think that they do to an extent. I don't know like the specific details about what the investment looks like. I don't know, um, you know, if every team has mental health practitioners on staff or to what extent, you know, teams are focused on. Uh, like I mentioned earlier with DJ, the, the regulating the autonomic nervous system, right? Like mm-hmm. things that bring down the stress level on the body so that you're able to perform physically and mentally, um, given the, the stress toll, the pressure that's on a lot of these guys in, in, in the game and in their off off court life as well, given, you know, that they have businesses and they have like a lot of people who depend on them and who rely on them. And there's just so much going on. Um, obligations, endorsements that they're doing, like they're stretched very, very thin. Um, So I'm curious as well, like how much teams are investing into the mental health of players. I mean, I think to me, something I always see and that's important, I think, is that I'm seeing like Julius with a lot of his uh, meditation Mm -hmm. pre-games and talking about mental health and talking about as long as I have my mental right, I'm solid, you know? Um, So I think there's a, there's a emphasis, emphasis on it from the player perspective. I know there's a ton of advancements as far as like physical health and, you know, monitoring. And I think Paul George said on the JJ Reddick podcast recently that all the players on the Clippers have like a chip or they have like, you know, whether it's a smartwatch or something that they wear to monitor like heart rate, heart rate variability, and like, you know, all of those factors from a physical health uh, standpoint. So I wonder if they're doing the same thing from the mental health standpoint. And if they're not, I think that is a place that's going to explode in in, in upcoming times, because I think that has a really substantial and disproportionate impact on players um, ability to perform on the court. So I think it's a great question. I agree with you. And it's just become something that I would say over the last several seasons, players are much more open in terms of their ability to communicate uh, this as a real thing that they have to contend with. And if you're a, a team and you're trying to build a product, obviously that is going to win ball games, having your players mentally in the right frame of mind is, um, a paramount. And I think if you're, if you just look at this as like a cold, hard, like money thing, you know, there's no salary cap in terms of what you are able to invest in some of these ancillary yes. pieces. So if you're a team like the Knicks, I, I imagine they are investing into this. Uh, totally. You know, again, because it's not a, a salary cap thing, we won't necessarily know how much money they are allocating into this area, but it's a big thing. And it's like the mental health. Uh, you had mentioned the fact that all the Clippers have chips that monitor heart rate and their sleep patterns. And we, a sleep mm-hmm. itself has become like such a huge thing that uh, we're talking about because mm-hmm. it ties into your mental health and your ability to withstand stress levels that are Absolutely. elevated in your cortisol and all, all those things. So I agree 100%. And um, I do think teams are obviously investing in it now you could get a situation where you have one team investing like a massive amount. And then you have another team on the bottom end, not really investing so much. So maybe there, there is ways to take advantage of that because I I think it's, it could really benefit your players on just a human level. And if they're right Mm -hmm. as people, then they're going to be right basketball players. So something that is a big thing. And I'm glad that Hamdian brought it up. Yeah. Such a great point, DJ. I, I have more I could say on it, but I think we should reserve this maybe for an off-season podcast. Yeah, make a note. Like, it's a good one. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a really good question. Thanks so much again, Hamdi. Appreciate it. 
I think that's you, DJ. Yeah, right. True statement. So this is the first one from a true statement. So thank you so much for uh, sticking with us and supporting us on this Saturday. If there's no true ball handler with the second unit, why not go Fournier or McBride for more scoring? Sorry if I already addressed. So we have to, we did talk about the impact the second unit has, and they really, in the second quarter, uh, they got the Knicks back in the game. They pushed the pace. It was a carryover actually from the Sacramento game. Once Brunson went out, it was really a priority for the Knicks to push the pace. And they have guys like Josh Hart, like quickly when he's playing with that unit, like Obi, that could really get out and finish and get some easy baskets off makes or misses. I am not a proponent of going to McBride for the scoring aspect. Now he does have, I think you said Fournier over McBride for more Fournier, scoring. I, I apologize. You're right. Yeah. Fournier over McBride for more scoring. Uh, yeah, I I've thought I've thought of that. And I, I think that it is a certain, it's a button that is there to push. And I think Fournier is a guy that is a professional that he's going to be ready to, to, to get in there. And I think it's, it, it would add a little bit more, diversity to an offense because Fournier does have ability to do things as a shooter that no other Nick has in terms of his movement ability, his ability to space deep out. He can even run a second side pick and roll. There's certain things you could do with him. Again, you're going to give up a lot on the, on the defensive end, but it's a button that might be one that um, Tibbs should push. I think I probably would go if you had to, you know, push me. Uh, I'd probably go Fournier over McBride because I don't, as much as I love Deuce on the defensive end, and I think he's a really good connector, had a nice um, transition pass uh, in this game for a finish. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't, I just, I just, he's such a, he's not giving you anything on the offensive end and without Too Brunson, tentative. Yeah. very tentative. And without Brunson, you just need to extract as much offense out of this, out of these units as possible. So fair to uh, question it. And yeah, I think it's a, uh, uh, it's something I would think about. And, you know, Tibbs has made decisions so far this year that have maybe surprised us. So maybe he does give Fournier a look in one of these next couple of games before they uh, head back home. Yeah. True statement. I, I mean, I think it's a great point. Uh, I think in this game, especially they needed offense. I think, I don't know what they ended out from three. I know. It um, okay. All. Well, they shot 36% overall. Which is a really, I mean, that is a yeah. bad number. So I'll, I'll pull up the. Uh, I see it right now. Seven of 31 from three, 23% from three. Yeah. They definitely, I think that that makes a lot of sense to go for an A over McBride in this game. Um, McBride played like six minutes. So I don't know if it would have been a huge difference in the overall outcome of the game, but I, I think it's totally valid, a valid point. I agree. Sure. Yeah. Uh, uh, okay. I think that is all. Thank you all so much for the super chats. Like this was really tremendous. Such a great post game. Um, you know, big shout out, big shout out to, uh, associate producer, Justin Palmer, APJP. Thanks so much for holding us down and making this all possible for us. Thank you. Um, uh, yeah, DJ, I had so much fun doing this with you. Anything you want to say? Uh, so, uh, just a blast. I uh, wish we had a win to talk about, but to get on yeah. here and and kind of um, banter with you a little bit uh, was has been amazing. And then obviously interacting with um, all uh, the, the Knicks uh, film school community is, was an absolute blast. So thank you for supporting us uh, and I uh, hope to do it again soon. 
Thank you all so much. Thanks for all the super chats, all the generous donations and all of your support just being here, um, especially on a day when we had a, a KFS live watch party. So for people who came through uh, either after that watch party or who didn't get to, to make an appearance, we really appreciated having you. And uh, yeah, thanks so much. Remember to like the video, subscribe to the channel and let's go Knicks. Appreciate it.